Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. TV stations are yanking Dr. Oz off the air because he's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. If Not Dr. because he's a quack. If Dr. Oz isn't on the air, how am I going to understand what supplement's going to take away my knee pain and grow my hair back? And how make am my, I going to burn my belly fat? And make my sex life better and make my brain work faster and all those different things from one supplement. What phony supplement should I take? Somebody tell me. Somebody. God, there's a whole bunch of quack doctors thinking there is an opening. Dr. Oz is off the air. Here's our chance. It's like if Judge Judy retired. Sure, you'd have 30 more judge shows, as if there aren't enough of them. So, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but crime is skyrocketing. We were talking on the award-winning One More Thing podcast yesterday. What, a, what award did that win? Available at armstrongandgetty.com. I gave it the world's greatest podcast designation. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the top murder rates uh, in America, various cities. Uh, Chicago, Cook County got a lot of attention for passing a 1,000. But that's an enormous city um, and, and uh, with huge populations in a bunch of the suburbs right around Chicago. Per capita, Chicago's a punk. It's, it's 28th in America per capita. A little over 18 people per 100,000 get murdered every year, which is plenty, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. But you scroll down to the top five. Keeping in mind, Chicago is at about 18 people. You got Dayton, Ohio at about 34 people Woo! per 100,000. Detroit, Michigan, about 41 people per 100,000. Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> There's... Well, there's not that many syllables in Alabama. No? You can't fool me. <laughs> Birmingham, over almost 51 people. Baltimore, 58. But- St. Louis, Missouri, folks, 65 people per 100,000 get murdered. So more than three times Chicago area, Cook County? Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah. So yeah. Indeed. Uh, So mm-hmm. why does Chicago get why Why do every weekend I hear how many people were shot and killed in Chicago every week, every Monday? I hear that with usually, you know, conservative uh, shows, hosts, columns trying to make a point. But why aren't they mentioning? I can mention I can understand why you don't mention Dayton and Birmingham, because uh, I don't know if you could extrapolate that to some. But, but why not Detroit and St. Louis? They're big cities. Well, at the risk of getting a little cerebral, um, I think it's because part of it is human beings have a harder time relating to per capita numbers, rates as opposed to numbers. You That's could interesting. Argue, I find them easier to digest. But. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that if, if I live in uh, Joe Gettysville, uh, Ohio, and, and uh, we have one You murder, named the town after yourself? Uh, the, uh, the community did. In a loving tribute to me. Wow. I was I was taken aback. I couldn't believe it. I'm humbled, but thank wow. you. Wow. They like anyway. you so much, they named it Joe Gettysville. So, uh, Joe Gettysville, Ohio. We got 137 people. Small town. Very intimate. One person gets murdered every single year. That is a horrific rate per capita. Oh, yeah. I I'm mean, from, I'm, mind-boggling. I'm from lots of small towns that um, I don't think there's ever been a murder. Most of the small towns I ever mm-hmm. lived in. And if there ever was one, people would talk about it for decades. Well, yeah. I mean, it'd literally be one in 600. 
which is, again, a horrific murder rate. On the other hand, Chicago County, if you prefer, um, the sheer number of humans who are murdered is uh, mind-boggling. I mean, it's huge. And so I think people react perhaps appropriately to it's just a hell of a lot of humans who die there. Okay. Even though per capita it's not as many, not nearly as not many even as close. blood-soaked St. Louis. St. Louis shouldn't be known for the damned arch. It should be na- It should be known for the corpses. I don't know if I'm going to go on vacation to see the corpses. They're going to rename the Cardinals. They ought to. Sickening. And they got way left leadership. They've got that crank. You remember that crank DA who went after the poor people who just tried to defend them or their homes when the mob was uh, tearing down their gates? Anyway, St. Louis is troubled. But as again, as I was saying earlier, perhaps you've noticed crime is uh, skyrocketing in America. And more and more folks are speaking out about it, including... San Francisco Police Department Sergeant Tracy McCrary, who uh, made an appearance on Tucker Carlson and was uh, sparing no one's feelings in expressing uh, their perception of the situation. Start with 20, Michael. Uh, San Francisco, as you can see from all the videos, the boarded up shops, the empty spaces for retail, is a city that is spiraling or already in the bottom of the toilet. So... What's going to happen? I mean, can it get worse? Anything's possible. The bottom of the toilet, because the top of the toilet's no treat, but the bottom of the toilet's really where all the, it's where the rubber meets the road. The middle of the toilet, oddly enough, is like the eye of a hurricane. It's actually quite pleasant, but you don't want to be in the bottom. Moving along, next clip. Well, for me, it's very frustrating because I'm a native here, born and raised. Uh, the time I did spend in the Bayview before I was promoted to the lieutenant who's now in charge of the robbery unit, which is my day job, uh, I see all of this in real time. And it's concerning. I see this when I'm working. I see this when I'm off duty. I see this as the vice president of the union representing the men and women trying to serve this city to the best of their ability. Uh, I don't know about our other partners, what they're doing, but we have a problem. Let's recognize that we have a problem, and let's get to a solution. Yeah, that's the thing. If you've lived somewhere a lot, like the town that I'm in, I've been in for like 20 years. And and my argument is this. It didn't used to be like this, all right? Mm-hmm. So why is it this way now? What did we do that, to change it to this? Can we change it back to the way it used to be? Do we all remember what it used to be like? It wasn't like this. Now, from high on their unicorns, a certain uh, percentage of people would say, well, it's because uh, rent is expensive now and people can't afford to live, blah, blah, blah. Because the rent is high, because if you raised my rent, you know the first thing I'd do? Poop on the street. And the first thing I would do as a reaction to the high rent is poop on the street. Well, and take meth all day long, meth that melts right. my brain. And break Let- into your car and steal your stuff. Let's give the sergeant one more shot. Well, I'll say a lot now. Uh, you mentioned uh, the DA, the recall that is happening. Uh, you had yeah. 83,000 signatures. They want to blame the Republicans. We don't have 83,000 Republicans in San <laughs> no, Francisco. So no, it's a cross. Don't. No, we don't. So it's a cross section of people who are now fed up. The West Portal area just had a sideshow, uh, which has set people off. Uh, so, like, we know what we need to do. Let's just have the guts to do it and stop talking about it. I have no doubt anymore. I didn't have much doubt, but now I'm utterly convinced of the the, the broken windows principle. Oh, yeah. Which, um, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, I'm not sure that's the best name for it, but 
San Francisco, for instance, and you know, I'm looking at you, Chicago. I'm looking at you, Seattle, and Portland, and 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 Sacramento, and 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 L.A., and you know, dozens of others, Austin, you name it. Um, you have open drug markets, people selling drugs, people taking dangerous drugs at a time when we have hundreds of thousands of drug overdoses now. Well over a hundred thousand last year. It's on the rise right now. I just read, you know, fentanyl. An ounce of it can kill 100 million people or whatever it is. They now have a substance on the streets that's much more powerful than fentanyl. What the hell is that? Yeah, I know it. I know it. I couldn't believe it. Um, but so you're allowing theft, looting. You know, they say they're going to crack down on the looting thing and the organized gang thing. I haven't seen it yet. Defecation. It, it could be they've gone too far. They've let it go too far that it's going to take a very long time to get the genie back in the bottle. But so you're allowing all of this lawlessness. You're condoning it. You're making excuses for it. There's a horrific case where four black teenagers beat an Asian girl to within an inch of her life. Horrifying. And there are politicians making excuses for the girls who did the beating. Oh. They're saying it's a question of they haven't had equity. Oh, boy. Okay. So we've let society get this far, and then we act shocked that people take the the horrifically liberal limits we've set, and they go further than them. And, And they act surprised by that. I just, I don't know what else to say. It seems obvious to me what's going on. So, uh, that fentanyl thing you just mentioned, something more powerful than fentanyl. How would you even, how would people even take it? My kids asked me this question the other day as I was trying to explain the whole drug homeless thing to them. Cause we encounter it every freaking day. So it comes up in conversation. But anyway, my, my nine year old actually asked, he said, Dad, I don't understand if these people are making money selling drugs. Why do they want to give drugs that give something to the, that kills their customers? Don't they run out of customers? That is a problem with the whole fentanyl thing. I would think that if I'm a meth dealer, the last thing I want to do is have those eight people die because they buy from me all the time. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? Well, the trends would suggest that uh, since uh, overdose deaths continue to rise, that there are plenty of customers. And drug dealers don't tend to think in terms of, like, 15-year corporate plans. Especially with meth, because it's such a small amount of money Yeah, per customer. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, uh, by the way, these uh, opioids found on used syringes examined by scientists uh, are called protonatazine and isotonitazine. Don't quote me. Uh, experts estimate each is at least several times more powerful than fentanyl. How many times? At least several. Okay. They don't put a number on it. Well, any anything more powerful than fentanyl would be amazing. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a tad concerned in D.C. They've had about 500 fatal overdoses in the last 10 months. San Francisco says, hold my beer, or more appropriately, hold my fentanyl. Uh, yeah, just crazy. Hmm. I, uh, I got to have a, a fairly extended conversation with a former homeless dude the other day. I wanted to talk about that at some point. I should. It was kind of interesting. He says we're right about everything. I like it when people say we're right about everything. He listens to us now as a guy who was homeless for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll talk about that later. Pretty darn interesting. Yeah, I would. I would love to hear about that. Uh, not only because he thinks we're right, but because I'm I only want to talk sure to people. Right. That, I only want to talk to people that think I'm right. That's <laughs> the only interest I have. You think I'm wrong about anything? And I don't want to talk to you. It's <laughs> quite a standard. <laughs> yeah, I won't get to talk to very many people either. Um, 
But we got to do something uh, 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 more lighthearted of some sort coming up. Uh, I don't know what that'll be. Boy, I'm I'm scanning. I'm scanning. Oh, you know, you know who's been a thorn in the side of the uh, the COVID police lately is a Sheriff Villanueva, L.A. County. Oh. Man, did he unleash a wild revelation yesterday? Oh, I think cool. it was yesterday. Oh, cool. Yeah. So any of the things that we talked about, all on the way. Stay here. Show. Twitter has announced that they're going to start taking down photos and videos that were posted without permission. Twitter will now ask you a series of questions when you're about to post an image to make sure it's yours to tweet. And they do it in a weird way. Before you post, Twitter is always asked, what's happening? Which is strange. I don't know how you're supposed to respond to them. I'm on Twitter. Nothing's happening, obviously. But... Then, if you attach an image, now when you press tweet, it asks a follow-up question. It says, is everything in this post, including photos, suitable for public posting? If you say yes, it asks, have you considered keeping this thought to yourself? And then, why tweet at all? Honestly, go ride a bike or something. Is this what 10-year-old you saw yourself doing when you grew up? And then if you say, yes, I do want to tweet, it says, okay, fine. But when's the last time you showered? And then, if you clear all those, you're ready to post. That's pretty funny. Everybody recognizes Twitter is awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, most people aren't on it, as we've pointed out many times. You know, one in three people around the world have never used the Internet. A new UN report. Lucky bastards. Lucky <laughs> bastards. Non-crazy, better informed, less angry, lucky bastards. Mm. That would be uh, almost three billion people that have never been on the Internet. They got three more billion people to completely warp and change the way they look at their lives. Boy, Mark Zuckerberg just got visibly aroused. You. <laughs> Nobody um, wants that. <laughs> Least of all, Mrs. Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, what a mean-spirited thing to say. Ah, he ruined the world. He had it coming. <laughs> he ruined the world. <laughs> um. I was thinking about this the other day, how I was uh, riding my bike through this uh, major college campus, uh, the town that I live in. Me and my kids riding our bike through here. Oh, we were going to visit this building we'd heard about that they call the Death Star on the college campus. And it's this really weird labyrinthian building with all kinds of different, like, uh, stairways and elevators and alcoves and everything, all kind of outdoor. And you can just, people check it out because it's just kind of cool and weird and but we tried to go up to uh, to one level and open the door, and eh, some homeless guy was living there, and my kids got scared, so we had to leave. In the college building? Uh, in the stairway, one of the wow. areas. Yeah. 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 Cool, huh? Um, that wasn't the reason I told the story. Why did I? Oh, the reason I told the story is I ride my bike through this major college campus all the time, and every single kid is staring at their phone uh, as they walk places, whether they're walking alone from the building to the dorm or one building to another, or they're walking with their friends. Doesn't matter if there's five of them together. They're all staring at their phones. And um, I'm I'm not here to, you know, guarantee kids today um, to just necessarily do that. But you got to recognize it's a change. I mean, for when I was in college, if I'd have been walking across the campus, I don't know what I was doing, but I was like looking at the trees or the squirrels or thinking about a girl or a who knows what. But I wasn't staring at my phone. So it's something different 
that is happening. And if I was walking with some other people, we we're probably talking to each other. We weren't staring at our phones. So I, I can't concretely make the argument that it's worse, but it is definitely different. Well, and I would make the argument, and I think uh, neuroscientists who are listening to the show, and there probably are very few of them, uh, but I I think they would agree with me when I say one of the main things you're doing walking back from class is your brain was filing the information you just learned. Mine wasn't, but maybe yours was. it was. It was dealing with it. It was understanding it. It was mulling it over in your subconscious and and putting it where it belongs and forming connections between that and other things you'd read simply because you're not specifically occupied in something else. Artificial intelligence may have come up with a way to replace the DJ. Good. So uh, have that. We, we might have some audio examples of that coming up a little bit later. And, uh, boy, bad news if you're a DJ, because it's going to work pretty well. Michael Bloomberg announced yesterday he's one of the world's richest people, if you'll remember. He ran for president to try to keep Bernie from uh, being the nominee, and I think it worked. Michael Bloomberg announced yesterday why I'm backing charter schools. The public school system is failing. My philanthropy will give $750 million to a proven alternative. Hmm. He's dedicating three quarters of a billion dollars to the idea of charter schools as a lefty. He is a liberal, but he is an an independent liberal. Uh Uh, This is interesting. I think it's absolutely true public schools are failing, not only educationally, but they're indoctrinating kids into sick ideologies. That's a pretty good fail. That could be a pretty big deal, him uh, him backing that. If you miss an hour of the show, pick it up on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If we think that uh, the prior precedents are seriously wrong, if that, why then doesn't the history of this court's practice with respect to those cases tell us that the right answer is actually to return to the position of neutrality and not stick with those precedents in the same way that all those other cases didn't? As Justice Kavanaugh yesterday from the oral arguments in the biggest Supreme Court case about abortion in decades and decades, and the one that may overturn Roe versus Wade, and all your court watchers that I saw, lefties and righties, seem to think that the Supreme Court's leaning way toward doing away with Roe versus Wade, which I hope, since you listen to us, you're smart enough to realize does not mean it outlaws abortion at all. It just lets states decide on a state-by-state basis. And most states have rules and regs that will probably stay fairly close to the Roe v. Wade situation. Right. Your results may vary. You know, it's it's notable because anybody who pays any attention to this knows that it's impossible to draw conclusions from the oral arguments and what questions the justices ask, because there are a bunch of different reasons you might ask a question. But uh, it is, as Jack indicated, it's almost nearly universal, almost nearly. It's nearly universal that uh, people who are writing about this are saying, yeah, it looks like the uh, the court's primed to overturn Roe. Yeah, and so a lot of the argument back and forth was, well, it's been precedent in this country for 50 years. And we, you know, starry dices the whole idea of if it's been something a certain way for a long time, we should leave it. She Uh, is my favorite stripper, by the way. (laughs) 
Back when I lived in uh, Wichita, Kansas, Starry Dices. She danced every Thursday and Friday at the Cheetah Club. Mm. Something, that woman. A goddess. <laughs> um, Missing a couple teeth, but just a couple? Who's perfect? Raise your hand if you're perfect. And she wasn't perfect, but she was lovely. I miss you, Starry. Back to you. Starry dice is the idea that if something's been a, uh, a certain way for a long time, you just leave it alone. That's more or less what the, the Latin is on that. Did I mention that she'd come out in the judicial robe with the <laughs> scales? And then slowly but surely, obviously, she would shed her, her garments. And be uh, naked underneath? Well, yes, it's a strip club. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's like the Grateful Dead song, Sugary. You just, it's just, just don't tell them that you know me. You got to know her really good. Just Something keep it on like the that. down low. Right, right. Yep. Anyway, back to you. Um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh and a few of the others were making the argument, yeah, well, we had some other things that were starry dices, too, like um, uh, separate but equal, for instance, which allowed for black and white drinking fountains in different schools for many, many years. And we decided that was a horrible decision. After decades and decades of it being the law of the land, we decided it was a horrible decision and got rid of it. So come on, don't act like we never do this, more or less. I wanted to point this out since we just heard from Justice Kavanaugh right there. A, did you see what AOC tweeted about it yesterday? Oh, Lord. No, no, I didn't. Reminder that Brett Kavanaugh still remains credibly accused of sexual assault on multiple accounts with corroborated details, and this year the FBI admitted it never fully investigated. Yet the court is letting him decide on whether to legalize forced birth in the U.S. No recusal. I, I hadn't come across this new term, forced birth. So that's what doing away with uh, Roe versus Wade would be. Forced birth. Okay. One more kick at Orwell in his grave. Yeah. Uh, except that they were incredible and uncorroborated, you empty headed loudmouth. That's something. That is something. Anyhow, um, I uh, found that pretty darn interesting. One interesting angle of it is for a case to even be taken up by the Supreme Court, four justices have to vote to take it up. They turn down way more cases than they take. And when they turn them down, the last ruling by the most recent court that ruled, that one stays the law of the land. In this case, it would be a court overturned the Mississippi law, right? Mississippi had a law, no abortions past 15 weeks. Then a court said, you can't do that. That violates Roe versus Wade. The Supreme Court's taking it up. So if they had ignored it, the status quo would have been, you can't do that. But four justices obviously decided to take it up for some reason. You don't take it up to leave it alone, probably. And there, uh, there are only three liberals, so at least one of them was a Republican. And, th- uh, you know, maybe all four of them, I don't know, doesn't know. But So they took it up for some reason, probably mm-hmm. to change it. You'd have to assume, right? Or at least, well, at least to take a very serious look at it. Could but, be. Yeah, it would seem that they were looking for a chance, and I think that's fine, because I, you know, my personal opinion is Roe versus Wade and the uh, supporting decisions, Casey famously, are not well decided. They're poorly decided by a very, very liberal court, by the way. Every bit as liberal as this one is conservative, but more so. Oh, and got People throw, never say that. And got to throw this in because I'm not sure everybody knows this. The vast majority of abortions happen before 15 weeks. So, no, 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 no. This is a draconian. This is the Handmaid's Tale. This is back alleys and coat hangers, I heard. So even if that became the law of the land in every state, which it won't, but even if it became the law of the land in every state, the vast majority of abortions would still occur, and you'd still have access to that. Right, right. 
So we try to beclown the left around here. It's easy to do, but they there's nobody more skilled at beclowning themselves than themselves. And a couple of examples for you. Plus, the brilliant John McWhorter went on The View, which proves he's not quite as brilliant as I thought he was. <laughs> Maybe but he's, he was, tr- he's trying to reach a different audience. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Uh, but he explained to the clucking hens why... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, woke left is so bad for black America as a black man. And, of course, uh, you know, running into somebody with even average candle power left them completely flummoxed. So we'll have that coming up after a quick word from our friends at Car Shield. You got to deal with a broken heater. You're stuck somewhere. Your car broke down. It's expensive. It's a pain in the butt. Well, not with Car Shield's protection. Taking cover, uh, care of a covered repair with Car Shield's administrators is easy. They handle the paperwork and the expensive payments, so you don't have to. Yeah, you get to choose the mechanic, but then they do all the rest. And by the way, Car Shield even provides coast to coast roadside assistance, rental coverage, trip reimbursement, all no additional charge. And so whether your car's got 5,000 miles on it or 150,000 miles, there is a monthly coverage option to fit your budget. Yeah, it's a month-to-month thing, which is pretty handy. Yep, that's the modern way. CarShield has helped over 1 million drivers. That's why they're America's number one auto protection company. Just go to carshield.com slash Armstrong to save 10%. That's carshield.com slash Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Click around, get the details, decide whether this is for you. Cars that are just about to go out from under warranty, very, very nice uh, sweet spot there. carshield.com slash Armstrong. Speaking of the view, I just saw a quote from Whoopi Goldberg about the Supreme Court dealio yesterday. She said, how dare you talk about what a fetus wants? Is she making the argument that a lot of fetuses want to be aborted? Is that what she's trying to claim? You know, I almost went more graphic there. Uh, I doubt many fetuses want that, and I feel fairly comfortable making that assumption. What happens in an abortion, whoopee. But gosh, thanks as always for weighing in. You know, I want to make sure we have time for the John McWhorter stuff. Uh, Vox is getting mocked brutally, and deservedly so, for calling the term invasive species. Like if some big giant carp is introduced to American waterways from Asia, and it eats all the native trout, blah, blah, blah. They're saying the term invasive species is problematic because it has nativist bias to it. So you're hurting the feelings of the carp? You're afraid the carp is uh, offended? Triggered? Uh, I don't know. You hate to have a triggered carp. (laughs) These people are crazy. The brilliant John McWhorter braving the view coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have the most popular dog and cat names of 2021, if you need that information later. Uh, Baseball decided to uh, shut down last night. Uh, The lockout is official as of midnight last night. The owners locked out the players. So you got one of them there. Strike situations going on. And uh, they got 11 weeks till the season officially gets going to figure this out. So that's I wish them well, although nobody will do anything until they're at the desperation stage, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there are there are three levels, I think, of uh, you know acquaintance with the thorny issues of our time. 
And not everybody needs to stand in the public square arguing about them, honestly. You can have a very happy life, not messing with the stuff at all. But you got people who have no idea what the arguments are. Then you have people who can parrot arguments uh, and, 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 and use sentences they've heard before, but they don't really understand them. And, you know, that's kind of the limit of it. And then you got people who actually understand issues and, and ideas and, and can, you know, work through them. Well, John McWhorter, who's definitely from group number three, he's a linguist, he's a professor at uh, Columbia, is it? Doesn't matter. Academia is stupid. But anyway, he's uh, he's brilliant and he, a great writer. He's a proud black man. He doesn't believe a lot of the hokum that goes around these days. He's out with a new book called uh, Black Racism. Um, or is it Woke Racism? It's funny, I didn't have it in front of me, but it's something like that. Uh, but he went on The View. I guess he's selling a book, and so he thought, what the heck, I'll talk to people. Or he'd never heard of it. Didn't know what he was walking into. <laughs> certainly never seen it. But uh, let's uh, listen to the great man discuss the whole woke thing with the clucking hens of the view. Let's begin with 91, Michael. These days there's this new way. And the new idea is that to get past what we need to get past, we need to teach non-black America that they are complicit in an abstract sense in a racism that's all around us. And that until you understand that complicitness and feel a certain guilt for your white privilege and realize that that stain will never leave you, then black America can't get forward. And my issue is just that I think black America can get forward without that grand psychological experiment, which it's not that I don't think it's pretty or something. I don't think it's going to work. And there are too many people who really need help for us to indulge in that third wave. That's my problem with it. Yeah. Woke racism is the name of the book. How a new religion has betrayed black America. Yeah. Let's uh, I, let's go ahead with 92, then I want to enlarge on what he said. So you, I just want to make sure I understand. Expand. So are you saying you don't think the racism that people have been pointing out exists? No. Racism does exist. Okay. And call me a cynic. I'm not sure how much we can completely eliminate it. And this is the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that black Americans can succeed despite <laughs> the fact that non-black people are psychologically imperfect. My main interest mm-hmm. is in what we can do to move ahead and to finish the job. And I'm not saying racism is okay. And I'm not saying there's no such thing as systemic racism. I'm saying that focusing on teaching America lessons about that isn't necessary to creating happier black lives hmm. interesting yeah there's some subtlety there and i think he's absolutely right and don't he, he focus kind of, on your victimhood well yeah that's absolutely part of his message i i also thought that um and he kind of subtly hinted at a great truth that if we wait till the moment we have eliminated racism from humanity we're going to be waiting a long damn time and if we wait for some magical moment where all the white people, I guess, uh, in spite of all the racism among many, many ethnicities and races, uh, if we wait for all the white people to drop to their knees and, and announce, I am healed, I am healed, uh, we're going to waste an awful lot of time when we could be moving productively to, say, you know, uh, improving schools that teach uh, predominantly kids of colors or whatever, color or whatever. There are a hundred things we could be doing instead of that fanciful, ridiculous, uh, you know, like religious coming together. Now, the fact that it will take forever is perfect for the woke crowd because that way they never, ever have to relinquish power. As long as they can point to a little racism in society, their their power must endure because we haven't had that giant magical moment. Uh, let's hear number 94, Michael. 
We need to embrace our white guilt. Didn't you say that, or did I miss? No, no, no. You can have white guilt, uh -huh. and that's just fine. And there it goes. You need not worry whether you're guilty enough, because frankly, even if you weren't terribly guilty at all, look what happened in the 1960s. I don't get this idea that we need to have this grand teaching about the depths and the significance of white guilt and complicity before black people get help. I just think that we strayed from what civil rights was supposed to be about. So change the system. Yeah, the system should mm -hmm. be changed. Right. And I don't think that these psychological teachings are necessary to that changing of the system. I think that's an excellent point. My mind goes blank when I hear those women. Oh, I know. I know. I just want to, I just want to leave. Not because they're women, because they're those women. I want to fake I'm getting a cell phone call and step outside. <laughs> yeah. All right. One more. Clip 95. There are people who are trying to turn upside down our intellectual, artistic, moral, and judicial culture. To a large extent, and Jane, I know you know this because we've talked about it, to a large extent, they're succeeding. Are there other bad things happening in the country? Yeah. But if I see the institutions that I'm familiar with, and that is, for example, academia, the judicial system, what we think of as morality, what we think of as culpability, and the arts. I think of those things as at least a little bit important. If I see those things being turned upside down by a really frightening ideology, then I have to speak out. And I don't know if I can measure whose Holocaust is bigger in these cases, but the only question would be why I wouldn't call out what's going on on the left. Wow, so he's not going to be bothered with figuring out whose Holocaust was bigger. That was another subtle, very gentlemanly shot at intersectionality. Sure. He mentioned cult culpability. You have these four black teenagers who unleashed a horrific beating on a poor Asian teenage girl. Um, and, and, you know, the races can be reversed. This has nothing to do with specifically black people or whatever. But um, a Philadelphia city council member has issued a statement defending the group's action, claiming the girls were trying to articulate what needs to be done to address racial bias. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, that's the very sort of thing that Jason Riley was writing about in the Wall Street Journal the other time, the other day, that if we start excusing violence from one race to the other and just like random, you know, crimes... Yeah. And we start making up excuses for them. We're really going to get off the rails. That's scary. Yeah, it is. It's it's absolutely terrible. Um, you know, I could give you more of this crackpots quote, but um, it's just it's it's trying to excuse it, saying, uh, "Well, because there's been brutality against black people, this is absolutely appropriate and predictable." And blah blah blah. So, on a lighter note, um, on a similar theme, the good folks at Vox, um, freelance journalist Marina Bolotnakova. Uh, in a Sunday piece, blamed climate change for the forced migration of certain species. So she says we can't use the term invasive species anymore to describe any species that, well, generally invasive species are brought by the hand of man hmm. from one place to another. But she writes, ecologists expect climate change to create mass alterations in the habitats of these range-shifting or climate-tracking species, which will reshuffle ecosystems in a way that are hard to predict. The migrations are critical to species' ability to survive hotter temperatures. And so she says we can't use the term invasive species anymore because it, um, what was the term? It, it has nativist bias. 
So if a snake invades your island and eats all the birds' eggs, you can't call it an invasive species because that sounds kind of bigoted. And it would hurt the snake's feelings? Mm, that's where I get lost. That's that's what they're insinuating, isn't it? Because what well, otherwise, what difference does it make? Well, and I think she's just trying to pitch the uh, the religion of climate change as opposed to the the science of it. Uh, she then detailed arguments that species referred to as range shifters shouldn't be referred to as invasive, but rather as the refugees of climate change that need our assistance. As they're eating all the birds' eggs and wiping out all the birds what sort of assistance should i give them a window air conditioner legs i i i i I appreciate your good intentions there darling but you're uh where the rubber meets the road the rubber has not met the road the rubber seems to be floating above the road and i don't know what to do with it i'm afraid i need to break in with an emergency announcement emergency announcement we have our second case of omicron in the united states Another case of Omicron in the U.S. Who will protect the children? The first one was in San Francisco. The second case of Omicron identified in a Minnesota resident who had traveled to New York, so could have spread it in New York. Mm. And I think they're fine also. So in both cases, the person is completely fine. Auga! Auga! These stupid headphones. I think you said they're perfectly fine? Yeah. Is our government involved in clickbait? Well, people would point out, no, they're involved in keeping you in fear, because fear is always the, the justification for emergency measures, blah, blah, blah. Well, the media, they, I get, they're whores and idiots, they but al- the government, please, you they should also, be better. They also have a different goal. Their goal is to try to make sure no human being ever catches the virus. That's I a, represent science. That's a ridiculous goal, and most of us human beings out here aren't playing along with that goal. We think we'll be all right. Everybody's going to get the damn virus. Every single one of us. And we'll be okay. Almost all of us. And Getty.